0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, my name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I, I'm recording this at 4:57 p.m. Pacific on March 8, 2022. Uh, I'm doing this hours after news broke today that Russell Wilson, former Seahawks quarterback, uh, is getting traded to the Denver Broncos. Um, it's a weird day. I've had a lot of emotions. Uh, a lot of weird feelings um, it it's um, it's unusual. Um, it's 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 weird to to say the least. Uh, I'm here not not giving an immediate reaction because it's obviously been hours um, after the announcement of the trade. but I wanted to share some thoughts on Russ, what he means to me um what his run with the team meant to me what this trade means and kind of the future for both the Seahawks and the Broncos I'll even touch on the Broncos uh side of this give my thoughts on that uh because I mean first and foremost I am a Seahawks fan uh I have been for pretty much my entire life I'm originally from Seattle Kirkland Washington was born there grew up, uh, mostly in Lake Stevens, Washington. Um, so I I've always been a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks have been my NFL team and, you know, I can remember when I was younger and living in the States and the Seahawks went under Bowl run. Uh, I, I can vaguely remember that. I can remember, you know, later on, um, where like Mike Mike Holmgren was kind of getting near to the end of his coaching career, uh, things that kind of run its course with Matt Hasselbeck. And, you know, the, the Jim Moore team obviously didn't go well. But then, you know, Seattle hires Pete Carroll as the head coach. And they get this quarterback named Russell Wilson, who they take in the 2012 draft, third round, out of Wisconsin, played one year with Wisconsin, went to the Rose Bowl, previously played at North Carolina State. And, you know, Russ was a favorite of mine from day one. Um, You know, there was a lot of people who didn't think he would even get the starters, job because Seattle earlier that offseason signed former Packers backup Matt Flynn. And Russ essentially – got the starting job out of training camp. He, he was the better guy. He was the better quarterback. And, you know, I remember in that, that 2012 season about how he got the start against Arizona, you know, put up a decent, you know, open, decent stat line in his first career game, 18 for 34, uh, 53% completion percentage, 153 yards, a touchdown interception, three sacks, um, but I I remember thinking you know watching him in the preseason in that game it's like you know I I get that he's short he's shorter than most quarterbacks but um he's got tremendous poise he's got tremendous leadership skills uh the the positivity is you know resounding with Russell Wilson and I I thought at least it was a guy that you wanted to be around that you wanted to spend t- like. A guy that you would want in your circle, a guy that you would want to be friends with, like you know, he sure he might have had flaws as a quarterback, um, you know, as a rookie, but he was a guy that if you had him, you know, he he was on your team, you were going to be successful just with the leadership aspect of it, just with the um, personnel side of it, like the personality, the person personality wise. I thought it was going to be a a, a fit, a success. Um, And, you know, it was, it was a bit, I don't know, but a bit tough at the start, but it did take, you know, some getting used to the Seahawks went one and three to start that 2012 season. They had that, you know, infamous Monday night football win over the Packers the fail Mary game, which I thought was awesome. Was great. Um, you know, they had that close win against New England. Um, you know, the U Mad bro game with Richard Sherman. But I mean, the and, and the other thing about the, that 2012 season too was just how the that team ended the year. You know, they crushed Arizona at home, they crushed Buffalo in Toronto, uh, they got flexed into a late Sunday night game uh against the 49ers at at home and they crushed the 49ers, the Colin Kaepernick, Jim Harbaugh, 49ers, they crushed them. Um, You know, that 2012 season really was the start uh, of something beautiful. And it was, you know, the Legion of Boom, but it was also Russell Wilson. You had this rookie quarterback who was mobile, who could do many things. Um, You know, he could throw the ball, he could run with it you know, sometimes he would, you know, do something that was like, oh shit, oh shit, what are you doing, what are you doing? And then it would work out. But by the end of that, by the end of his time, you know, in these last few years, you've seen less of that. Um, You know, he's gotten smarter with the football. His knowledge has grown, I think, tremendously um, since he's gotten into the NFL. And, you know, part of the reason why, I wanted Russ to succeed as much as he did was because I saw a lot of myself in Russell Wilson. I mean, I was never going to be an NFL quarterback. I was, I'm not, I'm probably never going to be uh, as, as famous or as recognized as Russell Wilson is, but he was a guy who, you know, took a lot of flack from the media flack from scouts, but he was persistent he persevered and you know that gave me you know hope and the belief that i can um if this guy can put all that hate and all of that you know negative energy aside and go win football games why can't i go be successful uh in my life you know i i i remember like with with 2012 i had been living in this uh, I, li- I moved to canada a few years earlier and you know it was, it was a weird time for myself uh being a, the child of divorce um you know i was 10 11 still trying to figure out like who you know kind of knowing that i love sports but also trying to figure out who i was um trying to get in with friend groups it, it, it was a weird, it, it was a weird time, like grade four, five, six. Like it, it was just weird. It was just weird time. Just weird, um, you know, time for myself. So when I got to like grade seven and I saw the success that Russell Wilson was having and, you know, he's a quarterback on my, my favorite football team it gave me that belief that I can go, you know, do something great. I'm not, again, not going to be on the same level as an NFL quarterback, but I I can make that positive. I can make those positive things happen in my life where it needed to be. So with that, you know, things only got better um, with Russ and with the Seahawks. So the 2012 year, uh, they beat Washington in the wild card game, and then they lost to Atlanta literally like last second. Seattle had a, a Hail Mary at the end to try and win it, and they didn't get it. But they went into that 2013 season with the Le- a full Legion of Boom, Russ, Marshawn Lynch, they got Cliff Averill, they had Michael Bennett. The linebackers are really good with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. Um, you know, the receiving core, it, 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 they, they got Jermaine Curse and, and Doug Baldwin. Um, you know, there's options, there's, there's plenty of talent all over this team. It was just a matter of, you know, putting it together and going all the way. And there were, I remember that year, I said the Seahawks in 2013, I said the Seahawks would play the Broncos. In the Super Bowl, and Seattle would win and they ju- it, it, they did it, it happened you know the Seahawks had a, a, a phenomenal year in 2013 um you know they, they went thirteen and three uh, like the, the, the 2013 year was obviously you know I, I remember the Sunday night game against San Francisco early in the year. That was really fun. Any game against San Francisco was, was just a treat because that's when the Seattle-San Fran rivalry was at its best. Um, you know, like I, I, the Monday night game against the Rams was noticeable because of the Wilson throat. the game when he touched down a Golden Tate. The comeback, that epic comeback against Tampa Bay um, at, at home to win in overtime um the Monday yeah Monday night game against the Saints like we like I knew this team was a Super Bowl team everybody knew this team was a Super Bowl team it was just a matter of you know getting there and and putting it together and you know in 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 the postseason remember they they beat New Orleans in a divisional round um you know they beat San Francisco in the NFC Championship Game, Russ, um, you know, he had the, the the touchdown that put them ahead at one point in the NFC Championship Game. The fourth down, um, it, it was going to be uh, an offside or a new. It was an offside against San Francisco. Russ was at like the forty. He throws it. Jermaine Curse catches it, and it puts Seattle ahead. And they and they and they don't look back. They win the game. And then in the Super Bowl. Um, you know they, they they beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russ had you know his roles within in that game with uh the cursed touchdown where he's pretty much like a, a a rag doll just getting spun around, but nobody can take him down. Um, like, it, it, it Russell Wilson just did his thing. He didn't have any interceptions that postseason. Uh, he, he was he was just it, it was just. Doing what he needed to do, and that was putting his team in positions to win. And you know, by God, it was close. It it was extreme. It was God. Ah, it was like some of those games were just chaotic. But, um, you know, again, going back to 2013, where I knew this team was a Super Bowl team. Um, you know, this was also for myself. Uh, coming out of when I had aplastic anemia when I had my blood disorder. Um <laughs> like it's funny thinking about that now and, and how um you know I, I I was just dead certain I just like this is gonna happen. This 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 is happening. Seattle's gonna win the Super Bowl. They're gonna beat the Broncos. And you know I didn't I didn't ever I shouldn't say I didn't ever the thought, it never really crossed my mind that they would win it. Like, I never had the thought, like, they're going to win it for me. Like, I never had that thought. But it, it, you know, it was like this, like this, they didn't need to win it for me because they were already so good. That's how I thought about the, the Seattle Seahawks, that they were so good in 2013, um, they're just going to win it anyway. They're just going to beat, you know, whoever to go win the Super Bowl. Like, Russell Wilson was better than Colin Kaepernick. The defense was better than uh, any defense in the league and this, you know, they were just going to do it. That's how I, that's how I viewed that 2013 team. And they did. Um. So it was, it was, it, it gave me even more um, faith and, and belief that I, I I'm going to root for this team. I'm going to love this team. I'm going to root for Russell Wilson. And, you know, let the good times roll. Because you're also thinking at that point about how, you know, I was a, when that was really when I was really, that's when I was really starting my football fan was this, the, the, the after the Super Bowl, kind of that grade eight during the Super Bowl run. And, you know, I remember thinking like, you know, this team's going to be so good for the rest of the decade because of the fact that we have one of the best defenses of all time one of the best quarterbacks, um, one of the best running backs, and, and, you know, Russ is going to be a big part of it because, you know, it's so tough to find a good quarterback, and he's a good quarterback. He's going to be a great quarterback, Um, and, you know, the year after the 2014 team was another interesting year. Obviously, it didn't, and the way I'd hope um, losing to New England in the Super Bowl, and you know that pl- the the play at the end was obviously just disappointing in the moment, but it was also disappointing considering um, you know the buildup that they had that year. You know they they were three and three at at one point in in the 2014 season they were in a bit of a hangover but you know they had that great opening night win against uh the packers uh a, a, a ricardo lockett touchdown is what comes to mind from that one um they barely snuck by the broncos in overtime in the rematch of that game um you know, I I think that was the year too that they had the Monday night win in Washington uh, against Kirk Cousins, I believe. And, and it, you know, it it was just a, a a time where you know, sure there were some you know some tough losses, but you know they they had a really good stretch to end the year. You know, they had a really fun Sunday night game. Uh I believe that was a Sunday night. No, that wasn't a Sunday night win over. Ah, uh, that might have been a Sunday night win over Arizona. I think it was that year. Yeah, I think it was. Went over, you know, went over Arizona. Um, you know, a win over Philly, a couple wins over like they were hot down the stretch. Russ was playing well. Um they had the fun game against Carolina in, in a in a divisional round that year. Uh, they miracu- miraculously come back to beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game where Russ's only touchdown in that game was to Jermaine Curse, who he targeted four times earlier that game and had four interceptions. That was one of the hardest games for me to watch as a Seahawks fan was that game against the Packers. And Russ came through in the clutch. And that's what he did. And then you get to that Super Bowl um, and and it just it, it didn't didn't happen at the end. So, yeah, I just that Super Bowl, too. I don't want to. I mean, the weird thing is that we, we've we've gotten like, I think I feel like. We've put that Super Bowl past us. There's been enough time since then um, that we we look at Russell Wilson differently, but I also feel like we look at Russell differently if they won that game if they get a touchdown i don't I don't know how I don't know where, what where I, if they get that touchdown at the end, I think we're looking at that game differently and we're looking at Russ differently. um. But you know, really thinking about that now, at this point, that Super Bowl, um, that loss to New England, where Russ threw it at the one yard line, which pains me to say this t- today, um, I-, I can't watch any replays of that. <sighs> that. That's that's a big what if, like if that if if, if they get a touchdown. Um, at the end of the game. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Really, really thinking hard about that one, probably more than I should. Um, but I mean, e- even even since that, that was just in the third season of Russell Wilson's career. That was the third season, and you know he he has years of 4000 passing yards in 2015 4200 in 2016 um 4000 in 2017 uh 3500 in 2018 2018 I believe was the one that he wasn't completely healthy for uh no not 2018 one of those years he wasn't completely healthy I feel like it was 2018 anyway um 3,500 yards in 2018, 4,100 yards in 2019, 4,200 yards in 2020, and 3,100 yards last year, but he missed uh, two games. But well, he missed three games. So, you know, and, and he, he's, he's thrown – it was really, really in the, um, you know, after the third season, after lost loss to New England, they, that's when they really kind of just let Russ cook where, you know, before, b- before 2015, he didn't have a season of 4,000 passing yards or 30 touchdown passes in 2015. Yeah. 4,000 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, uh, 2016. He had 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I feel like 2016 was the year that he was injured, that he wasn't completely healthy. Uh, 2017, he had 34 touchdowns. Um, to go with four thousand passing yards. Twenty eighteen, he had thirty five touch touchdowns and thirty five hundred yards. Twenty nineteen, he had thirty one passing touchdowns, forty one hundred yards. Twenty twenty, he had forty touchdowns and forty two hundred passing yards, and he had twenty five passing touchdowns last year. Um, you know, he he he's really been somebody who um has gotten better as the years have gone on. Um and, and you know, there was even with after the Super Bowl, um after the last Super Bowl they were in, where they had, you know, Daryl Bevel for three more years after that. And they, you know, he still manages to get 4,000, four thousand, forty two hundred, four thousand passing yards, Like he just managed to thrive when he had little to no offensive line he barely he barely had a credible offensive line when he went to Super Bowls like it was fine it was not great and it just proceeded to get worse and he threw for more passing yards and he threw for more touchdowns um like he he was just that incredible as a as an NFL player and you know, the, the other thing that I've always appreciated about Russ and that I've always enjoyed is he always looked after himself. He always took care of himself. Before this season, he never missed an NFL game. He never missed a start, never missed a game. And this season, outside of, um, you know, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, you know, bending his finger back and 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 spraining it or fracturing it or whatever happened which frankly with how the Seahawks offensive line has been these past few years probably should have happened sooner but he missed 3 games this year as a result and he always looked out I'm sure he still does taking care of himself looking after himself you know the best ability is available and Russ did that Russ has been doing that now he is 33 years old. Um, he's taken a lot of shots in his career. He's taken a lot of hits. He, he, he's been sacked 427 times in his career. Um, n- not great. And that's not even including the postseason stats. That's just the regular season stats. Um, you know, he, he is getting older. Um, yeah, so... Apparently, according to StatHead, this other thing on pro football reference, Wilson was sacked 427 times in his first 10 seasons. Can you name the only other player sacked 400 plus times through 10 seasons? So I guess one other guy has been sacked 400 times through 10 seasons since the merger, which is simply incredible. The fact that um, Russ put up as many stats as he did, positive stats as he did, won as many games as he did, uh, got to the playoffs as many times as he did, while getting hit as often as he did so you know that that's um you know that's gonna be tough to overcome it's gonna be tough to it it, you're you're not here's the thing you're never gonna be able to replace russell wilson um you're never gonna be able to replace the quarterback i don't think it's very hard to find a a quarterback with those kind of stats, um, it's going to be hard to um, it's going to be hard to find somebody who has that same positive outlook and the same good vibes all the time that he does, and it's going to be hard to find somebody uh, with a uh, you know wife as famous as Sierra. Um, you know, it doesn't. It's, it's tough to find that uh, with quarterbacks today. If you're looking for a, a notable wife, but you know, while all these things are hard to find, I I do feel like Russ's place in Seattle sports it, it's it's cemented. I mean, I know he's asked for the trade. I know he 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 didn't ask for the trade, but if you're gonna trade him, you can trade him. Um, you know Seattle Seattle could have given the final say on this and in the end they chose to but you know if we're making if there is to be a Seattle Sports Hall of Fame or a Seattle I'm sure there is but a Seattle sports Mount Washington not Mount Washington Mount Rushmore um, Mount Rushmore nobody nobody's going to Mount Washington I don't think right now but you know, if there's a Seattle sports Mount Rushmore, it's Ken Griffey Jr. It's Gary Payton. It's probably Sue Bird and it's probably Russell Wilson. Those are probably the four people you're putting on there right now. Um, you know, I, I probably at some point will make like a tiers ranking or a listing of like, you know, favorite seattle athletes of all time um because i think that would be really interesting but you know russ has established himself he is the greatest quarterback in seahawks history without a doubt um probably the one of if not the greatest athlete in seahawks history um you know the the this is the the hardest thing is trying to trying to find somebody to replace that because unfortunately you're not going to uh, unfortunately you're just like the the likelihood of you hitting on a trade or getting somebody to replace somebody like Russell Wilson's you know stature within the team and I get that he's 5'11 so he's not the tallest guy but in terms of the impact That's what I'm referring to, not his height, his stature, the impact that he brings in and out every day with the organization. Um, It's going to be incredibly difficult to replace. And in all likelihood, it probably isn't. If we're being realistic, it probably isn't. Um, So let's talk about that trade. Let's talk about the trade. So the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick because, you know, couldn't make the trade half without the fourth round pick uh, to the Denver Broncos in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, uh, Shelby Harris, two first round picks, two second round picks, and a 2022 fifth. So actually, I'll I'll be, um, I'll be pedantic and I'll really nail it here. Denver is trading its 2022 first round pick this, so this year's pick, which is ninth overall, it's 2022 or 2022 second rounder, so that's 40th overall this year. Um, it's 2023 first round pick, it's second round pick of 2023, and the 2022 fifth, which I think might be a uh, what's the word I'm looking for that they have at the end compensation pick so yeah that includes the trade also yeah dre Lock, drew Locke, uh former second round pick from the university of missouri uh noah fant a tight end i actually like noah fant i actually think he's you know a, a, a solid tight end um i don't know yeah they haven't mentioned how old he is on the article here and shelby harris a defensive lineman who had six sacks for the broncos last year and is regarded as a leader in the locker room. So, let's talk about the um, Broncos side of this trade first. So, Denver is getting Russell Wilson, who is, I think, he's still a top ten quarterback in the league. I, you're you're assuming he's healthy. Um, you're assuming he's all ready to go. I I I I. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, and for Denver, it's probably, it is, the biggest thing that's been holding them back like lately is the lack of a quarterback position. Um, you know, they haven't had a, a real legitimate top tier quarterback since Peyton Manning. Um, no, and, and, you know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he was okay. Um, but none of these guys really... Um, you know, could break the gra- glass ceiling of getting to like a top tier level. And that's why the Broncos have been struggling, especially in their division where you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, all three who are probably top 15 quarterbacks right now. So it's a fair move for the Broncos to get a top 10 quarterback. I believe they still have, even with the tr- uh, the, their trades today, Uh, They still have three picks in the top 100 this year. And, you know, Wilson has, I think, two years um, after this season. He might only have one, but I believe it's two. So, yeah, he got two uh, this year. The Seahawks could have released him. Uh, and save twenty four million against the cap, but they weren't going to do that. Uh, so pretty much, Wilson is a free agent in twenty twenty four when he'll be uh, thirty six. So you know, for the Broncos, it, it's a it's a a bold step in the right direction. Um, they hired an offensive coach this year, I believe it was Nathaniel Hackett, who previously was the OC in Green Bay. It was an OC in Jacksonville. There were talks of him going back to Jacksonville to be the head coach, but instead he's the head coach with the Broncos. So they, you know, the Broncos for the last three years under Vic Fangio were a defensive team uh, w- with a top 10 defense statistically, I believe. And now this year they hire an offensive coach. The big splash is a quarterback and they, they got it. I think they have a few more players that they re- need to resign or they're going to just draft some, you know, a couple more options, um, probably defensively or offensive line and see how that goes. Um, You know, the Broncos have offensive weapons with Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, um, Javante Williams is their running back. They have a couple of decent pieces. Their offensive line is, I mean, it's probably about the same as Seattle's. I don't think it's any worse. It, 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 they're a fine offensive line. Um, the guy to keep an eye on with their offensive line is Garrett Bowles. Uh, Garrett Bowles was a former first-round pick who had been struggling like in the two to three years prior to this one and in this past season. He just had a really good season. So I believe he's on his fifth-year option right now. And then the Broncos are going to have to make another decision about him at some point. Um, Garrett Bowles, where is he? I'm gonna I'm gonna find it here for you, so I can uh, be more up, to, you know, so I can really establish what I'm trying to say here with my point. Uh, this is really good podcasting, by the way, just me Google searching. But that's 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 my point. It's the fact that, um, yeah, Garrett Bowles, left tackle. Uh, he, oh, he did get an extension. Okay. So he's on his fifth year. He's making 17 million this year. And then he's got two more years after this point is with the Broncos is that they have a roster that I don't think is as elite as the Seahawks is, or as elite, maybe it's not the right word. Um, doesn't have as high of a ceiling as the Seahawks do. But that's where you bring Russell, because Russell's supposed to be that guy who makes everybody around him better. And maybe that's what we've been seeing with the Seahawks that I don't know about the last few years. Um, And and maybe I've just gotten used to it with watching Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, all those guys. Um, Maybe that's what he's going to do in Denver. Maybe that's what, you know, Judy... And, and and KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick and Javante Williams maybe all those guys are going to be better as a result of a having an offensive coach and b having Russ there, uh, being the quarterback. So for the Broncos, it, it's really, um, it's really a no lose situation because what you're giving up two first round picks, you're giving up two second round picks, uh, you're taking on a bunch of caps, you're you're trading away a quarterback who um, is, in all likelihood, probably not starter material. You're trading away a, a tight end who's like a B plus tight end. Um, you you can go find another tight end. They have a couple other ones that I'm th- I'm sure they're going to use instead. But they have a couple tight ends. They're they're not. It's not the end of the world that they lose Noah Fant, and, and it isn't going to be. And Shelby Harris apparently is going to be a real locker room guy that they're going to lose, but I think Russ is a really good locker room guy. So it's just a different guy, and now it's at the quarterback position instead of the defensive line. So um, that should certain sure, that all that you know should help um, with the Broncos and should make them playoff contenders, I would think. Um, I I I. Again, I don't think their roster it has the ceiling that the Seahawks does, but that's also possibly me being biased and just me uh, seeing the weapons on the Seahawks. But um, who knows? And, and if Vaughn Miller comes back to Denver, like he was talking about earlier this week, it'd be even better. Um, from a Seahawks perspective, uh, they get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, a couple first-round picks, a couple second-round picks, give up a fourth. Um, like, Drew Locke isn't the guy. Drew Locke is not the guy. I could be completely wrong. Um, I, I feel like with Drew Locke, the best you can hope for is he's Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I think you're really asking a lot for him to be Baker Mayfield. But that's just who I think his comp is. Um, he's not the most athletic guy. He, he, he's not the most balanced when throwing. He doesn't quite get his feet set all the time. Um, you know, he couldn't beat out Teddy Bridgewater. And, and again, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy because, um, you know, I know what to expect with Teddy. He's never going to put the ball in any danger. He's very conservative. And, and I think that's fine. And Drew Locke couldn't even beat him out. Couldn't even beat him out for the starting quarterback job last year. Um, and he's twenty-six. He's he's probably for the you know all we know he, he he's reached his peak of development. Um, I I could be wrong. Maybe I am. But so he's twenty-five. He he. Through for two touchdowns two interceptions and 787 yards last year um i i just yeah i i just can't um i can't guarantee that this guy is going to be a starter or should be a starter i just can't say it i i just i need to see more um i i need um yeah i need more and, and again, if he gets to be Baker, great. Even then, it's like Baker is, you know, probably an average quarterback right now. And you know the the thing I the thing I should mention too. I, I do feel some sympathy for Dooling because um, it's never easy being the guy who has to replace the franchise player. One of the great examples of this is when Wayne Gretzky was traded from the LA Kings or from the Edmonton Oilers to the LA Kings. And one of the guys that the Oilers got back in return was Jimmy Carson, who was a fine hockey player. He was just a fine player, but, you know, he, he, yeah, was drafted second overall in nineteen eighty six, um, by the L.A. Kings. Like there was a lot of hype about it. Um, you know he had fifty five goals, uh, in his second season. He had thirty seven goals as his, as a rookie. Um, you know there is a lot of pressure on Jimmy Carson as it as it was as as he already was as a as an NHL player being this high draft pick. For the LA Kings, there's already a lot of pressure on. Him. But then, as a result, he gets traded to Edmonton, and now he's going to be the guy who replaces Wayne Gretzky, who's taking over Gretzky's spot on the team. Fat chance that's happening. He he he's not Wayne Gretzky. He's Jimmy Carson. He's a 20 year old, 21 year old from from Michigan, who's now going to go to, you know, this middle middle of nowhere place in Canada and be the top player, it, it's just, it, it's, it wasn't going to happen. It was just so unlikely to happen that it, it's not surprising um, that it didn't work out. He, he got traded a year. He got traded out of Edmonton a year after being traded in Edmonton because just the pressure and all the hype surrounding him, and the fact that he wasn't Gretzky, he was Jimmy Carson, that messed him up. That, that, that messed... It, 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 it's, it messes with you. It, it fucks with you, really, is what it does. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with Drew Locke here, is the fact that he's not going to enjoy... Um, he's not going to enjoy being in Seattle. He's not going to enjoy being the quarterback because of the fact that uh, he's going to get booed and he's gonna get ridiculed. And it's mostly it, it, it's mostly because he's not Russell Wilson. He he's probably not that great of a quarterback to begin with, but it's gonna add on to the fact that you know the Seahawks had a shit trade because he's not Russell Wilson and he's not gonna be throwing for 4,000 yards a year and 30 touchdowns. And that's where I feel a bit of sympathy um, for Drew Locke. So no fan tight end sure i mean I, you know he's 24 uh he comes from iowa he was a first round pick of the broncos in 2019 um i was kind of tight end you uh george kittle is a former hawkeye and and you know he you know fant had he played in uh 16 games last year started in 16 games had four touchdowns, six hundred seventy receiving yards, and you know that's with playing with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Lock as your quarterback. Um, you know, I will say I, I I do think Seattle is probably not done at making changes at quarterback, but Fan is a versatile player who I think can be a receiving option, can also be uh, a blocking option too. Um, I, I I'm curious to see. How the Seahawks use him because they have they have tied it Like I don't know if Disley is coming back. Uh, they got Colby Parkinson, who's a, a kid from Stanford who hasn't been healthy. Who they've been trying to get in some some action. Um, Luke Wilson's retired, so they can't just bring him back on a you know training camp deal. Fan I think is a fine player. Um, again, probably not. Quite worth all in all, considering what Denver paid, you know, considering what Denver got um, and what they had to give up. But I, I like Fant. I like Fant, who's a player. I, I like Fant as a player, and he's somebody who I feel like can be an option, depending on how Seattle uses him. Uh, Shelby Harris, 30 years old. Um, he had six sacks last year. Again, I think he's fine um you know he he it's probably gonna be more of a, a run stopper, I feel like, but he had six sacks last year so I don't know i i i i i mean he is thirty he's a bit older than what you're looking for um I, I, and I know they need help on the defensive line. Seattle does. So he might be the best piece uh, of the non-draft picks. But yeah, Harris, I think, is going to be fine. Um, he, he, he will make his contributions somehow, some way. Um, let's talk about the draft picks then. So Seattle gets the ninth pick this year. I love to see them go for a quarterback. Um, I don't think they have a starting quarterback on their roster right now. I'd love to see them take one in the top ten. Do I think there is a quarterback worth taking in the top ten? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there. I, I. 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 I don't think there's one I would take, but maybe you trade down and you get one. Uh, you know, the two guys. Two guys to keep in mind here. I. I would say. It's Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback who had a really good combine. Uh, people really seem to like him. Big arm. Um, k- kind of reminds you of Cam Newton a little bit. And I say that because of the fact he he seems to have a really good arm and he can move really well. Um, he's a bit of bit that That's kind of where I, I think Malik Willis is. The other guy I'm interested in is Matt Corral, who used to play at, uh, at Old Miss? A Lane Kiffin guy, the Lane Kiffin, um, Pete Carroll, USC connection is right there if Seattle wants to go with him. Corral also is a bit of a shorter guy uh, at quarterback. He is, if I can uh, find the stats on him, six foot 200, which is, you know, probably about what Wilson was, but to give you an idea, uh, Corral with Ole Miss last year. Uh, he had a 67.9. So, round up, say 68% completion percentage. Uh, he had about 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, five INTs. Um, in, going to see how many games he played last year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So, 13 games. Um, and he had about 3400 yards passing uh 20 touchdowns um you know i i here's the thing um i i, I really i really feel like seattle will have to take a quarterback they, seattle will take a quarterback with one of those draft picks which one it is no idea um you know they might take a flyer on Malik Willis this year he's a guy who's getting a lot of hype they might take it on Matt Corral because of you know, the connections I was talking about, uh, with Lane Kiffin, his height. Um, so Seattle's not afraid to take a short quarterback. They might do it next year. Na- next year's quarterback class looks even better than this year's. This year's quarterback class isn't really that great. Um, probably Willis or Corral are the two guys I would want at quarterback. If I was to take a quarterback, not really a big Kenny pick a guy. I'm not a big Sam Howell guy. um, so that's that. If you're going to take quarterback Willis or uh, Corral would be the two options I would go with. But they're going to take a quarterback with with one of those four draft picks that they acquired today. The Seahawks will take a quarterback. Um, it's just a matter of which one. And you know, the other thing I, I'm I'm curious to see here with the Seahawks is where does. Pete Carroll and John Schneider end up in all of this. Now, they, they, they probably have a few more years left. But this is um, this is similar to Tom Brady leaving New England and going to Tampa, because now we're going to have this Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll, who, who is better um, who, who, who has the brighter future? Um, it's capac- It's contrary and con- compare and contrast is what this is. And, you know, if you look at Brady and, and Belichick, Brady won a Super Bowl in his first year. Belichick is, is, had a good year this year. Didn't have a great year in his first year without Brady. I think there's still some questions with new England, but Bra- and, and new England got their franchise quarterback. You would think got another one. So I'm not saying you know the Broncos are going to go out and win the Super Bowl this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting to see you know what the future hold for Pete Carroll and Josh Schneider. Um, you know, Pete's a competitive guy and he's got so much energy. I feel like Pete he might just die doing his job because I don't know if you could ever tell him to quit. But the the and the 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 state of the Seahawks is right now um as a fan base it's it's a little bit concerned i don't know what it's like inside the organization but as a fan i'm a bit concerned um and i'm also fascinated to see what the ownership situation looks like um because of the fact that you know since 2018 2018 or 2019 with with paul allen uh passing away 2018. Yeah, I was I was right. I don't know. Time time is so weird. Um Paul Paul Allen died in 2018. And you know, since then it the team has been owned it's been in his estate and um his sister has been the de facto owner of the team. Um you know I don't know if there's gonna be an ownership change. Um Part of me would have liked to have seen an ownership change uh, before trading Russ, but maybe this is just what it is. It's just um, this is um, who is who the Seahawks are. And this is what their organization is going to look like from top down. So I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any changes there. If anything different happens, the Broncos are for sale um it's funny they've been talking about um you know bezos potentially buying the broncos or bezos potentially buying the seahawks uh i don't know if he's gonna invest in an nfl team when he can just um invest in media and probably make a shit ton of money doing that too so yeah i i just um i i don't know what the what the future holds for the Seahawks, I know what it looks like for the Broncos, and the Broncos got a, a solid three- to six-year window here uh, to go win, I think is, is the move. Um, three- to six might be too long, maybe two- to four. I'll give you two- to four. Uh, that might be a little bit more uh, realistic. That That's the Broncos' window to go win right now, go win a championship. Um, they're in such a, a tough division. Good uh, Good luck. Denver trying to um, get through the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders, but, you know, anything's possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I, I want to say about this before I head out. Um, you know, I'll miss Russ. I've always had a Russell Wilson jersey. Actually, this is a great story. Um, I'll end it on, on on this story. So, back in 2012 when I was really the only one who was watching Seahawks games, no one else was really paying attention to them. um, Like me, like I, when I was like younger, um, I didn't watch every Seahawks game, but I watched a few and I I caught them here and there. And when a 2012 season came and when Russell Wilson came, I, I started paying attention to them more and watching every game. And one of the things I asked my mother for for Christmas or birthday whatever was easier was a russell wilson jersey um that's that's what i wanted i didn't want anything and even now i don't want anything really for christmas or my birthday but when i was 12 or 13, 12 13 um i wanted a russell wilson jersey and you know my mom is not the most um tech savvy person i'll say that and you know she didn't want to do the online shopping because the shipping was going to be so much and blah blah blah, blah, blah. but she, she told me afterwards I, I did get the jersey i got a jersey that fit um and i'll and i'll never forget the joy and, and happiness i got from you know ripping open the, the gift and it's a Russell Wilson Jersey and giving my mom a big hug and thank you. Thank you. And I, I love this. I, I think this is great. Um, but I'll, I'll never remember, or I'll never forget my mom telling me how difficult it was to go find this Jersey. They, they were, we were living in Squamish. There were no jerseys in Squamish because remember this was like, because with how jerseys are with football too, is that um, typically here in Canada, um, you know, you get your big sales uh, at the beginning, of, or you get all your major jerseys at the beginning of the year, or beginning of the football season, because that's when people are going to buy their jerseys. Um, they, you know, and there was never any Seahawks jerseys because the Seahawks were not, not really that good, and it didn't really have any stars outside of, like, Marshawn Lynch. That was really who was the biggest jersey seller with Marshawn. Um, and a Marshawn jersey would be cool, but I wanted a Russell Wilson jersey and my mother you know told me afterwards about how it was one of the most difficult hardest things she could ever find was a Russell Wilson jersey um for Christmas she she went all over uh the North Shore went all over Vancouver trying to find this Russell Wilson jersey and I believe it was I think it was in um richmond is where she got it at some store in richmond they were the only ones that she could find within like squamish there wasn't anything in whistler or pemberton but from squamish all the way to like surrey before crossing the river and crossing a bridge um that she could find It, it was it was in richmond um i made my mother work for to find that jersey and um you know, I got a real, I got a real kick out of it. Um, it, it made it all that much more special, and you know, I think I've got, w- I think I've had, I think I bought one more jersey, one more rush jersey since that Christmas present, uh, because I've grown and I've gotten bigger. Um, but that that was one of my favorite, just memories of just like making my mom work her butt off to try and find this thing that I really want. And that's how much I, I I loved Russ. That was in 2012 when he was a rookie, so it could have gone all the shit, and it didn't. But that I I just remember like I wanted that guy's jersey. Um, uh, I I really wanted that more than anything, and somehow, some way, my mother was able to get me that jersey, and it, it it's kind of it's it's you know added to um the legacy that is russell wilson and the seahawks and my fandom um you know towards russ and and the seahawks i'm so thankful i got to see russ's last home game in seattle uh against the lions um yeah like and, and really to be honest um you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. I I really wish, um, he could have been a lifetime Seahawks player, but in in today's world, it just doesn't work like that. It it just, you know, this sport's a business. You just see Aaron Rodgers also today signing, uh, $200 million over the next four years, a $50 million contract. Um, Seattle probably wasn't going to do that. They probably weren't going to give him that money. So, um, it's just a business and you gotta, you know, you gotta live with it. You gotta make do with it. Um, it is what it is. Right. So, um, you know, thank you to everybody who reached out to me today. Um, asked me how I was doing, uh, sending me uh, horrible Photoshop designs of Russ and Broncos jerseys. Um, it's greatly appreciated. Um, I don't know what, the rest of my schedule it's going to look like here i'm hoping to do maybe a few more pods with scott um during the rest of the school semester but it, it's it's so busy it, it, yeah we'll see um but i hope you appreciate this and i hope you uh enjoyed the last hour of me talking about russ maybe one day i'll do a whole pod on you know, like a whole seahawks eulogy um about this run with pete and a team. Um, yeah. So um, again, thank you very much for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, I'll be back again soon. Um, peace out.